As we come to the scripture, I want to thank uh, Pastor Burkhart for filling in for uh, Pastor Donna this morning. Uh, Pastor Donna uh, preached last Sunday for me. I'm grateful. And then she lost her voice. Makes me very nervous about speaking this morning. But we are in Matthew, the 25th chapter, as we come to the near the end of the parable series, uh, beginning in verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who went out with their lamps to meet the bridegroom. Five were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but not any oil. The wise one took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and so they became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry went out, the bridegroom is here, come to meet him. All the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are running out. But they replied, no, or there would not be enough for both us and for you. Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. As the foolish virgins were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. Those who were ready went into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others arrived and they called out, Lord, Lord, open the door and let us in. And he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. I know a few things about weddings. I do several weddings a year uh, here at uh, this church and uh, off campus. And right now, um, one of my uh, three sons is engaged, and so I'm involved in uh, those wedding plans as well. Well, all right, you know better. I'm the father of the groom, and I'm not really involved at all. Uh, but I hear about those plans. But I know enough to know that weddings, at least in our culture, take place at a specific place and a specific time. People show up and it usually comes off without a hitch. But I also know that that's not how it worked in Jesus' day in Galilee. Now, we can't speak exactly about customs that are more than 2,000 years old, but these few things we, we generally know about weddings in Jesus' day. Uh, first of all, is weddings could be very stretched out in that um, there would usually be a betrothal ceremony. Uh, the bride and the groom would be, uh, prospective bride and groom would be engaged. And then and the way it worked in Galilee, the groom would then go back to his village to his home and he would add a room to uh, his father's house and then the bride would move in with the groom and with the groom's family into the room that had been prepared. Jesus seems to have this in mind when he says those famous words in John 14, in my father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and get you and bring you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That's typically the way that weddings would work. And when that day came, when the room was ready, the bride, especially if she was in a different uh, uh, smaller village, didn't exactly know when that was. Uh, but when it took place, then there would be a procession of the bridegroom and, and his part of the wedding party all the way to where the bride lived, would pick up the bride and go all the way back to uh, where the groom lived, and the celebration would be culminated uh, there. But uh, they didn't, often didn't even know the day. 
because you didn't know that the room was finished. And even if you had an idea of the day, because they're not on uh, a freeway or even uh, a nice uh, um, county-maintained road, you don't know how long it's going to take for the groom to get there. And so Jesus, obviously commenting on this, said, you don't know the day and you don't know the hour. And adding to the whole confusion of this is there might be other prospective brides in your village who are also waiting for their room to be finished and their groom to come and call them home. Because what happens is the bridal procession reaches the bride's village and the name of the bride is called out and she knows it's her time. And she comes uh, with her party. And so in the story this morning, we don't really know where they are in the procession. Are they on the way to the bride's house? Have they picked up the bride and they're on the way now back to the groom's house? We don't know. All we know is that the groom is late. And so those who were supposed to be a, a part of the bridal party, I assume including the bride possibly, uh, are having to wait because he's late. And that creates a difficulty here in the parable. I don't know, have you ever been to a wedding where the groom was late? Uh, we did one here uh, several years ago, and it came time for the uh, groomsmen to uh, escort the, the mother of the groom and, and family members in. Uh, it came time for the groomsmen to line up and for the uh, groom to walk in with me, and none of the groomsmen were, any, were anywhere around. They were all across the street smoking cigars and drinking brandy. Uh, ever since then, in case you get married here, you need to know it's a closed campus. <laughs> you know, ever since then, we don't let them out of our sight. Uh, so there's no groom. Uh, one time I did a wedding. It was in late May during the, the NBA playoffs. There was no congregation. They were late. It was the fourth quarter. The Spurs were still playing. And so we, I peeked through that door, looked in the sanctuary. Nobody's sitting in here. Two people. Obviously not basketball fans. So we went and conferred with the bride and the groom, and we decided to wait about 20 minutes. And sure enough, after, about 15 minutes after the game was over, people began to file in to the pews. But worst of all, this late spring, when it wasn't as hot as it is today, but it was more humid, I had an outside afternoon wedding, and the bride was late. I mean, real late. I mean, more than half an hour late. And um, I was really okay. I was sitting in an air-conditioned room. I was on my iPhone texting my wife, like, you won't believe this, and then following a baseball game. And I had a big, big jar of bottled water. But the foolish people who showed up on time for the wedding were sitting out in the sun, and they may have had their phone, but they had no water. And it was getting grim. I think, I think that... Uh, story helps me understand a little bit more about this parable. This parable is about a delay and who's prepared for the delay and who's not. Only it's not water that you need in this story. It's oil for your lamp so that you, you can um, at nighttime be able to navigate your way uh, in the procession. If you've ever been to Israel, you know that there are dangerous places uh, that you can uh, fall, even in Galilee, off, uh, off uh, windy roads that may drop several feet. There are places where you run into stones and you can uh, trip up and get hurt. You basically don't be, want to be wandering around in the dark. And these bridesmaids need oil for their lamp, and they don't have it. They are not ready when the time came. 
And I think what happens in the story is that Jesus is basically telling the parable because he knows that he's the groom, his followers are the bride, and that's pretty clear in the scripture. And remember Donna preached on the wedding banquet uh, last week. And he's basically saying there are two things that are certain. One is that I'm going to be gone for a while physically. You're not going to see me. And the second thing that's certain is I'm coming back. And you don't know when I'm coming back. So you need to be ready during this delay. There are a couple of scriptures that are real interesting uh, that I know the disciples would have known. The first one is from Proverbs 31, and it talks about a very capable woman who runs a household. And one of the things that it says about her is that she never lets the lamp go out, that she's always prepared. Uh, that's the kind of bride that you want to be. You're prepared and ready whenever the groom shows up. The other thing is from Song of Solomon. I don't know if you've ever seen that book, but if your teenagers won't read the Bible, hand them this book. Uh, it'll get them interested. It's a story of two lovers. And in one of them, the lover's talking about um, uh, her, her man, who, probably, who could very well be the king. And she talks about waiting for him to come uh, uh, to show up and, uh, with her. And this is what, what she says. I fell asleep, but my heart was awake. I fell asleep, but my heart was awake. See, the problem in the parable is not that these virgins fell asleep. It's just some were prepared when they fell asleep and others weren't. And so Jesus seems to be saying, I'm gone. I'm coming back. I want you to be ready. So what do you do with that? Well, it seems to me there are at least a couple possibilities. One is, and this is one a lot of people like, and they spend energy on. One is, guess when he's coming back. See, see if you can guess the time, and then right before it comes back, you'll get ready. Try, try to figure that out. And, and, and it's interesting because Jesus claims in the gospel he doesn't even know when he's coming back. And yet apparently a lot of people on earth have figured it out. First started in America, 1844. A group of people gathered in Indiana, sold their possessions, quit their jobs, gathered with their leader, William Miller, and waited for Jesus to come. Well, he didn't show. Well, what they did is they went back and recalculated and decided they were wrong. It was actually 1848, and they did the same thing again. Now, what amazes me is not that Jesus didn't come back in 1848. What amazes me is Miller stayed their leader anyway. He was 0 for 2. And then people, 100 years later, Israel came back together as a nation in 1948. A lot of people thought, well, all right, this is it. Jesus is coming back. Others figured, well, it's got to be... Uh, 40 years after Israel's a nation, so 1988 was a real popular time for Jesus coming back. I have a book in my bookshelf that says, uh, that's, uh, this was the title, 88 Reasons Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. I keep it just to remind me. Well, you can try to guess. What was the most recent guess? May 21st, 2011. That's one way to do it. I think that's not the way Jesus wants us to do it. Jesus wants us just to be prepared. So that whatever time and moment he comes to us, we'll be ready. Well, because he could come a number of ways. He could come in what we call the second coming, the time in which Jesus shows back up, touches down on this earth, sets everything right. Or he could come when you or I have chest pains or reach a certain age, get an illness, and it comes through death. Or maybe he comes in a crisis that shows up in our life. I mean, he's going to come. But will we be ready? There's a story about a, a New England uh, colony uh, legislature a couple centuries ago. 
and uh, this, this legislature of this colony is meeting, and there's an eclipse. Well, back then, they're not really sure what to do with an eclipse. So one person, when it gets real dark in the middle of the daytime, one person raises his hand and says, Mr. Chairman, in view of the fact that the world is ending, I move that we adjourn. Someone from the other side of the room raised his hand and said, Mr. Chairman, in view of the fact that the world is ending, I move that we send out for lamps and bring them back and be found doing our job when that time comes. I think that's more what Jesus had in mind. When he comes back, just be ready. Be ready. It's not exactly like Hurricane Irene. You know, I mean, we can tell in Hurricane Irene who's prepared and who's not. You didn't evacuate. You weren't prepared. Millions lose power. You don't have batteries or water. You weren't prepared. We can tell it, but the preparations aren't quite like that. That's not something you can go out and just get at the last minute to be ready for Jesus. Let me put it this way, and I hope I don't offend you, but, I mean, have any of you ever studied for a urine test? Right? You can't do it. You can't do it. It just reveals. It reveals what's going on. Already. And that's part of, I think, what Jesus says is what's going on in your life already. That's what prepares you. No going out, buying a battery. No going out, boarding up the window. Just be who I made you to be. That's what it is, I think, to be prepared. Remember this. I was asleep, said Song of Solomon, but my heart was awake. Now, what does that awakeness look like? Let me turn you to your bulletin this morning. Psalm 119, it is the longest of the Psalms. Very interesting Psalm. It's all about uh, the wonder of God's word, God's ordinances, God's decrees. God's decree, all those are interchangeable concepts. But in the middle of it, it says this, At midnight, I rise and I give you thanks for your ordinances. Now, there are two things that are going on there. The first is this, you get up, and you pray at midnight, and you're praying about God's word that you're basically trying to live by or keep in your life. I think that's what's involved in being ready for Jesus is, are you in relationship with him? Do you pray? Do you listen? Do you walk with him? And then do you do what he asks you to do? That's what it is to be ready. In the Bible, there's a number of instances where things happen at midnight. At midnight, The Passover, the angel of death comes, judgment comes, but it's also a rescue. At midnight, we're told in Psalm 119, I get up and pray. And if you don't believe that people took this literally, go to Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are in prison, and we're told at midnight, they got up to pray. And then there was an earthquake, and they got released from prison. See, there's two things I think that are going on in this parable. One is preparation. And if I were to tell you about preparing for Jesus, the bottom line thing I could tell you is this. Love him. Let him love you. Do what he says. Be in relationship with him. Do what he says. It doesn't matter what time it is. Just do it. That's preparation. But I also don't want you to miss the celebration. At midnight, God comes to rescue God's people in the Passover. At midnight... The bridegroom came to call for the bridesmaids. It's a celebration. I think when a lot of people think about the end of the world or the second coming, they think of it as a threat. They think of it as something bad. Let me just ask you this. What's bad about no more cancer? 
what's bad about people getting enough water, but not too much? Getting enough sun, but not too much. Having enough food to eat, but not too much. What's bad about that? What is there to fear? What is there to dread? The one who loves you comes for you and just asks that you be ready. It's a celebration. Now maybe, maybe you're not in the point where you really think you need that. Maybe you're doing pretty well right now. Well, let me invite you to consider this for a moment. Here's a story. Old story, 19th century Poland, there's a wealthy Jewish businessman. And he's wealthy because he's smart and he plans ahead. And so he goes to the matchmaker in town and he makes arrangements for a future son-in-law, for a son-in-law. And the son-in-law that he arranges for is brilliant, generous, wealthy, caring, takes care of his elderly parents. He's got it all. And so he comes home, this businessman says to his wife, I'm so excited. I went to the matchmaker and I found the perfect son-in-law. He's generous. He's wealthy. He's caring. He takes care of his parents in their old age. This guy's great. But the wife looks at the businessman rather quizzically. And finally, when he finishes this glowing description of the son-in-law, she says, but husband, we don't even have a daughter. And this is what he says. What's the harm in having a son-in-law around the house like that anyway? Maybe. Maybe you don't need help facing problems. Maybe you don't need someone by your side when you're lonely. Just maybe. But what's the harm in having him around? Because he's coming. 